What's up, fantasy champions? Spotlight Sports Network is excited to tell you about an amazing deal from Thrive Fantasy, your place for daily fantasy sports and esports. Right now, with promo code SS Network, Thrive Fantasy will match up to fifty dollars of your first deposit. So go to thrivefantasy.com and sign up now with promo code SS Network. That's thrivefantasy.com promo code SS Network. of the Golden Knights? Do you love the Los Angeles Chargers? Well then, my friends, you're in the right place. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show with your host, Jake the Snake Silver. Brought to you by the Spotlight Sports Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back and live here on a Monday night. Hope all of you guys are doing well here uh, tonight. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show, wherever and however you may be watching and listening. We are live on Facebook Live, YouTube, Twitter Periscope, and Twitch here up on this very evening. I have so much to talk about, and we've got breaking news as well. That's why... It's just going to be a fun Monday night here tonight. So I'm glad each and every one of you guys are here with me tonight, hanging out with me. Um, first and foremost, what a great weekend it was. Um, ended up going into the uh, the NASCAR uh, Pennzoil 400 yesterday. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was actually kind of beautiful for at least a little bit of overcast. It was a great day. Congratulations to Kyle Larson for winning the uh, winning the race, and they will be back in September, and that's about closest to playoffs. So it was a lot of fun. And, of course, not to mention uh, getting the chance to really run into a uh, former defensive end for the Chargers and the Bills and, of course, the uh, brand owner of Lights Out, Sean Merriman, yesterday. It was such an awesome experience. If you guys haven't seen it, definitely check out my post on the social media platforms. Facebook and uh, Instagram and Twitter as well. I posted that up. It was a great day. You know, even as a longtime Charger fan myself, I thought it was awesome just to run into one of the uh, former players. So it was a great time. So, well, we've got a lot to talk about. What's going on, Crank Show Legend? What's going on, John L. Jackson? Because we are really digging in deep to what I had just heard in the last couple of hours. And of course, after taking just a much needed nap, I'm finally ready to hear to talk to you guys about this one because I know you all have waited for my input, so you're going to get it. So this was just reported and to really kind of break it down with this team because this was an ongoing conversation and was one that's finally deal done and the story. So the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry and Steven Jones they finally made up their minds and they finally have come to conclusion who their 
franchise quarterback is. So they ended up deciding to sign quarterback Dak Prescott to a four-year, $164 million contract where 126 of that is guaranteed, where he's making just upwards of 60 and up to 75 million in year one. What is that now going to end up breaking down for Dak and for the Dallas Cowboys? Because I have been saying this for a long time with the Dallas Cowboys, first and foremost. What's going on, Cash Cupcake? What's going on? But Dallas, they knew the problems that they were going into. Okay, the defense is not strong. Since Byron Jones left for the contract in uh, Miami, they haven't been the same defense. And by the way, they're overpaying players there, Demarcus Lawrence, Jalen Smith, Leighton Van Der Esch, and a lot of these guys. Money, they're overpaying them money because they love their players. We spoke about this with the LA Rams, another team. They love their players. Um, but it's one that every single one of their players are top 20, if not 25 in the league. So this is just one that like I, I look at I look back at this, and I don't know exactly what the plan is for Dallas in this point, because you and I would have thought this deal should have been done a while back. They should have never hesitated. They should have never even like, you know, considered it to where they're paying other people. They're paying other players like Zeke and the defense and a couple of other guys, and they're not going to pay Dak. So right now they're kind of caught in this loophole. And a lot of these teams are starting to get hit with it because Seattle, they released Carlos Dunlap. They're trying to conserve at least as much of the money from the, um, from the, you know, the cap hit. So it, it's interesting. It's very interesting to see what Dallas is going to end up looking like by next year because Dak's going to be Dak is going to be healthy. Dak's going to try to recover the best way possible and be competitive for next season. But uh but I I really just think this is very interesting. But they finally came to their conclusions because let me just tell you the deal. Let me just tell you the deal. Dallas, if you think you're going to find another quarterback, come on. It People think that it's so easy finding different quarterbacks left and right. It's not. This is not where the, you know they're easy to replace like diapers. It's not. Once you find your franchise quarterback, you're doing whatever it takes to lock him up, get him to at least a reasonable contract. You've seen this with so many quarterbacks, and if it doesn't work out, then they might as well cut you and trade you. However, that they're going to end up going about it. But I get sick and tired of hearing this where I think where they think it's very easy to find a quarterback um, all over the place. Because let me give you the breakdown. We know we have a big-time quarterback class this year. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, uh, Justin Fields, Kyle Trask, the list goes on, and Trey Lance. After this next draft, next year, that's it. I don't even know of any other quarterback in next year's draft after this one where they're going to be very impactful quarterbacks. It's going to be flat. That's what's going to happen. And Dallas had just been, you know, they've been holding on to this thing for far too long. And now it's finally came up. 
in just a span of hours. But they came to conclusion to realize they can't win without Dak. You want to sell yourselves on this idea that Andy Dalton, okay, he's a good serviceable, uh, serviceable quarterback, but he's not your answer. Okay, at one point, there was a time where just before, you know, once Tony Romo got hurt, Kellen Moore was not your answer. Now he's an offensive coordinator. There were a bunch of quarter. Cooper Rush wasn't even your future at all. Serviceable quarterback. Once Dak came into the scene with Dallas, it's, this is where you know you can't win without Dak. And Dak is a hell of a leader. He's also one that I, I think, I, I just think he's very, you know, he can execute plays. He's a guy that he's a guy that will make plays happen, but you got to give him at least the right pieces. Because right now the offensive line, it's going to soon get, it's just going to soon get outdated. It's not going to be much of an offensive line. Travis Frederick already retired. Zach Martin hurt as much as it is. I don't know exactly how he's going to perform. And then you have that defense where the secondaries can't even cover. And you addressed it in the draft, getting Trayvon Diggs, but you still need more. So what are you going to do now next, Dallas? What is now going to be the next move? Because I'll tell you right now, the NFC East, and the way that I look at this, and, and not a lot of us really eyeball the NFC East as much. And I know I've got Key in the building here, and she knows this too. And if you guys could check her out um, on the Spotlight Sports Network, she covers everything Philadelphia sports. She knows this too. The NFC East, not the most attractive division. Because you think about it, Philadelphia is a mess. You look at the Giants. I'm not sure what next year is going to bring for them. It seemed like that they were on the right footing, but who knows? Who knows what could happen next year? And Washington, though, well, they're going to need at least an impactful quarterback to get this puppy rolling, but they do have a hell of a defense. I mean, Ron Rivera really set the tone for this organization, and they needed it. Now you got Dallas in the middle of the mix. Dallas suffered injuries. Everybody is just, everybody just seemed like that they were kind of falling off the wagon here. But Dallas finally made up that move. They made the decision. They went and paid Dak. About time. And congratulations to Dak Prescott because listen, this contract in year one is 75 million. 75. You know what that means? That means no screw-ups. That means no own underachieving. You have to overachieve. You now have to win the division. You now have to be the best uh, team in the NFC, which, by the way, everybody knows. The Packers, the Buccaneers, the Rams, the Seahawks, everybody. Everybody's getting competitive in the NFC. It's not going to be that simple. So, again, whether or not, if they actually did make the right decision in paying Dak, I think Dak definitely deserved it. But at the same time, Dallas, you still have more issues. And whether you fix them, this is what's going to happen. It's kind of embarrassing.
But at the same time, they have to do whatever it takes to not embarrass their their fans. To not embarrass the you know the city of Dallas. And so this is where this is where it all starts from here. Let's see exactly how this loophole were, were, uh, runs here in Dallas. But I'm happy for Dak Prescott. I really, really am. I think the kid very, very much deserved it because someone who's been franchise tagged twice. Um, I mean, much like in the position of Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins, I said this all the time. I think he's one of the greatest salesmen um, in the NFL. And that's why he's acquired so much money over the span of his career. You can love him or hate him, but that's just the business side of things. He's really kind of got together. All right. So, um, you know, I wanted to talk about this because over the weekend, I'm sure some of you guys have watched it um, on Saturday night um, and it was jam packed. We had three title fights all in one night. Saturday night was great. And, uh, and I thought it actually went pretty decent. The prelim cards in the UFC and UFC 259, I thought was really good. Uh, but there was a couple of controversies, and I'm just going to explain it to you short and simple before we go up on break. But I thought the you know 259 was, I thought it was pretty good. Not great, but it was good. Uh, Jan uh, Blanovich ended up defending his title in the light heavyweight division and Israel Adesanya here's the like here is the breakdown Adesanya was cutting you know and that and that's kind of the tough part when you're a middleweight guy and it's not blasting Israel Adesanya I think he's a talented fighter but at the same time when you go up in weight and you're facing against some of these guys in different weight classes that's above now if it was below it's different because of course the lighter you get Sometimes you 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 know you feel more and more energized, but at the same time, when you're trying to put at least a little bit more of the weight to meet the weight class, um, it's different. And Blanovich, I mean he 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 answered back in the best way possible. So I thought it was a pretty good fight. It's unfortunate for Israel Adesanya, but he will definitely learn. I mean, he'll definitely learn from it. And I'm sure that he will make a comeback to light heavyweight again because the whole point of this was because he was trying to get at least the uh, the fight against John Jones. What, will that ever happen? I don't know. Only time will tell. But I thought it was pretty good. And then, of course, there is nobody on the face of this earth that could even go toe-to-toe with Amanda Nunes. I mean, let's let's face it. I think she's honestly one of the best, if not the greatest, mixed martial artist um, female in the UFC and in history. There's nobody that's like her at all. I mean, you could put her toe-to-toe probably with against one of the champions uh, <laughs> in um, in some of the, you know, the other weight classes, and I guarantee you she'll go toe-to-toe with them. But until that time, unless if there's a generational talent out there that we that you and I don't even know about, that's what's going to happen. But the one thing I really wanted to get into was the Peter Yan and oh yeah, yes. Listen, she's. I honestly have to say because people have 
people have their opinions with this. Definitely better than Ronda. And this is nothing to take away from Ronda Rousey. But here's the thing. I don't think, because Ronda was such a big thing, like, at the beginning. It's what started the weight classes. It's what started having, you know, females in the UFC. But at the same time, I just don't think she was. I just don't think later on in her in her career, she was emotionally invested. There was probably a lot of things that were going on. And there was some things that she even spoke about. Um, I've seen at least a couple of, you know, documentaries with uh, Ronda Rousey just before she had left the UFC for, um, you know, to go into wrestling. But I thought it was very interesting. I thought it was very interesting. But the second that the curtain opened up for uh, Amanda Nunes, I don't even think that there is anybody else that could really kind of go toe-to-toe with her, to be honest. And listen, Ronda, like, at, at, at the end of the day, Ronda got rocked. She went just kind of rock bottom from it. But it will tell you a lot. Is her mind really invested? Now, I'm sure maybe before then, yeah, you could probably put prime Ronda right there against her. But it'd be different. But who know? I think it still would be toe to toe. I think it would be great, but who knows? You know. But at the same time, what I really wanted to get into was that Peter Yan and that Sterling fight, because a lot of people were not happy with the way that the outcome was. Neither did I. But at the same time, looking back at it, rules are rules for one. But at the same time, the fighters knew. You knew. Right there up into that fight, you knew Peter Yan was prepared. Sterling got knocked down several times. He couldn't even um, manage his feet. Like He was knocked down several times. He was not prepared for it. But one little slip from Peter Yan in his corner, that's what did it. And Sterling knew it too. He knew... I'm going to be done by this fight. I'm not completely prepared. He came out as probably the best fighter in that fight, but it was right there, that one slip that needed a head. And by the way, because I listen to a lot of people and they're all just like, oh, needed a head. Come on. You're playing it. You're playing with it. You know, he, he, he was faking it the whole time. Take a knee to the head. Trust me, you're going to be seeing the universe before your own eyes the second you end up getting knocked out in a dome. It's not fun. But here's, this, but here's the other part. Nobody's intended to, like, seriously injure someone. No one's intended that. Unless you have a personal vendetta with somebody, hey, that's on you. But at the same time, Nobody's out there to intentionally hurt someone. So that's why I think at the end of that fight, Sterling took off the belt. Like he he did not feel like he was a winner at all. He didn't. So at the same time, I thought this was right. I thought this was kind of right by both fighters, the way that they ended it. And at the end of the day, they know they're going to come back for at least another fight and do this right. So... Again, I think it was unfortunate. I still think it was a real good Saturday night.
because ultimately a lot of us were d- uh, disappointed at the Tiago Santos fight that started this whole thing um, with the main cards. And we thought we were going to end up getting something. And then it was just became a snoozer. Then of course the Islam fight, I thought it picked things right back up where it needed to. The Peter Young fight I thought was really good, but in the, at the same time, one little slip changed the whole vibe. Manda Nunes comes in, easy knockout, brings the whole vibe up to the feet. And then you get right there to the end, and Jan Blanovich, he defended his title. So I thought it was really good. That was kind of how I summed up UFC after watching it. But, um, you know, at the, at the end, I think Adesanya will return to the light heavyweight division again and try again for a second time. Only time will tell, but I know for a fact he's going to try to def- he needs to defend his title for men- for middleweight before end up going back in and taking another shot at it. So, uh, coming up next. <clears throat> so since we started talking a lot about Dallas and about the NFC, so the Arizona Cardinals, of course, we remember this uh, last week with the fact that JJ Watt signed the two year contract with the Arizona Cardinals. Are the Cardinals really legit enough in the NFC? And I'm going to start to break that down because a lot of people, I've ended up getting pushed back on it a couple times and I thought I broke it down well, but I'll break it down even more. And then I'll still have some more news up on it because we got a lot to cover from here. So uh, by the way, guys, uh, some real good announcements here uh, once we go up on break, but we have officially... We have officially welcomed in one of our media, um, <clears throat> one of our media companies. We signed the contract today, and um, can't wait to get things started this week. But there is a company that's up out there. You can download it on your smartphone, on your mobile app, um, through Google Play and the App Store, and it is called Media M E E D I A. What exactly is media? Well, media is actually a uh, it, it's actually one of your own personal recordings where you can break down, you know, certain news all in sports. You're basically your own personal PR at the palm of your hand. Don't have exactly equipment to really do uploads? No worries. Don't really have exactly, you know, all of like, you know, the fancy stuff that, you know, you see me or you see some of the real good uh, podcast podcast people up out there far and wide. That's okay, too. In fact, media has you covered with all of that. They have different backgrounds. They have different setups where it seems like you're doing an interview or you're kind of, you know, uh, in 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 a PR office. It's a lot of really good stuff. It's great. And you can break down and upload all you have to do, set yourself up with your background and, of course, your style and start uh, recording today and get at least all of the breakdown news around the leagues and around sports. And, of course, what's nice about it is it distributes to all of your big time mainstream social medias. That way, then you can get, you guys can get your voices up out there. Definitely check out media um, on the Google Play and App Store. That's M-E-E-D-I-A Media.
know that's just in my mind. I know everything is just in my mind. Do you really wanna be famous? Do you really wanna be a superstar? Do you really wanna get dangerous? Do you even know where the groupies are? Welcome to Hammer's house. Welcome to the My City My Game Pod Show featuring Raider J77, your place for all things Raiders and all things Trailblazers. Brought to you by the Spotlight Sports Network. Make sure you like, subscribe, and hit the bell for notifications. Now let's go. So, by the way, folks, as we are back here on the Spotlight Sports Network with the Snake Sports Talk Show, for all of you fantasy gurus up out there far and wide, coast to coast, um, you guys do love fantasy and you guys also love winning cold hard cash. Definitely check out ThriveFantasy.com. And when you guys end up getting started on Fantasy Play today, Thrive Fantasy will match up to 50 bucks of uh of your first play when you put in 20 bucks into your deposit and also use promo code SS network when you do. So go to thrivefantasy.com promo code SS network for spotlight sports network and go and get your match 50 bucks and have fun playing. So, um, yeah, what, what a deal it was here today because again, Dak Prescott finally getting his contract and much needed money. And so I thought it was well-deserved. But, you know, at the same time, Dallas just has a lot of work to do. And if they really want to get serious with this, because right now um, it's it, it, it's really interesting. It's really interesting to see how next year is really going to shape up, especially in the NFC. Uh, but one thing I wanted to talk about, since we're kind of still on the subject with the NFC, because like I said, the Cardinals last week, they ended up signing J.J. Watt to a two-year contract. And a lot of people are like, why did J.J. Watt go to, you know, the Cardinals? Well, here's the thing about it. Because this is where I started to talk about it, and I really did get pushback last week. I got so much pushback, it's not even funny. But my thing is with the Arizona Cardinals, it's been the same thing year in, year out. They don't have a capable offensive line for one. The second they went and got JJ Watt, I thought it was great because of the, the you know, the fact of you're going to get a veteran pass rusher. You know, you have two of them, him and Chandler Jones, and it's going to build up guys like Isaiah Simmons because there was not much noise that Simmons ended up making all of last year. Okay, let's be honest. 
But the Cardinals right now, because they are building up their talents with Buda Baker, J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, Isaiah Simmons, that defense, there's going to be a lot of changes. And of course, there's question marks for Patrick Peterson. So the Cardinals, as I've said, they're going to be a playoff team. There's no doubt about that. But I don't see them as far as them punching their ticket into the playoffs and then going further into the playoffs is all that I'm trying to, you know, is all that I ended up talking about. And I got so much pushback on it. They're like, oh, come on, Jake, you're just a hater. We got J.J. Watt. We're going to be just fine in our division. You sure? Because right now, the way that I see it, the Rams last year had the number one defense in the league. Now, it'll be interesting to see what they do without Brandon Staley. If they stay um, competitive and now having Matthew Stafford behind center, that's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how the Rams offense really does play with Sean McVay. Two, you've got San Francisco, who, by the way, John Lynch, the G- you know, the GM, came out and said they're not training Garoppolo. So that tells me they have trust in Garoppolo for this next up, up and coming season. And by the way, if you looked at the record straight, they can't win without Jimmy G. And you've got a healthy defense with Nick Bosa, who's going to be coming back from injury. So the 49ers are going to be very competitive. And last but not least, you got Seattle. Now, of course, this whole mainstream media thing, and I did speak upon this last week because I think it would just be dumb if they let Russell Wilson get traded and all this other stuff. I just feel like this is kind of just dumbfounded and brewing because to me, you know, Russell Wilson is Seattle's franchise. You get rid of that, Seattle's irrelevant again. They will not be the same. But this is a competitive division. The NFC West is very competitive. And you, it, it, look at the coaches. Pete Carroll, uh, Kyle Shanahan, and you've got Sean McVay. Like Cliff Kingsbury's got his hands full. And listen, I love Kyler Murray. But if you don't protect your franchise quarterback enough, he's going to get hurt. It doesn't even matter who it is. Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen, whoever. You don't have an offensive line or it's not getting strengthened enough. Like, it's not going to work. I don't care who exactly you really have as the pieces because, again, they go and get DeAndre Hopkins, big-time receiver. I thought it was a steal because at the end of the day, Houston was just going downhill. And at the same time, they go and get J.J. Watt this year. So it makes me feel like there's something in the books that Arizona has. What is it? I don't know. But they are a playoff team. They're going to be pushing for the playoffs, at least in that last spot. Because again, Seattle's competitive. The Rams are competitive. The 49ers are competitive. And think of the other teams in the NFC. You really think that the Cardinals are going to go toe-to-toe against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? You really think they're going to go toe-to-toe against Tampa Bay, who was stacked on defense? And then, not to mention, having the straight and, uh, 
like just the straightened up chemistry with Tom Brady. It's interesting. But again, these are just realist facts. These are realist facts. Okay, I've seen this with Arizona. Arizona is a competitive team. There's nothing that I can take away from that. But sometimes, like every team, there's always a hole. What is it? It's their offensive line. I've been saying this multiple times. They've got a lot of really good pieces. They just can't figure out they they just cannot figure out their O-line. And I'd love to see Kyler Murray really, you know, have his longevity in Arizona. I'd love to see that. But you can't get it when you have a um but again, I, I you can't you, you can't be super competitive if you ain't got an O-line that's going to protect your quarterback enough to throw. Like he won't have time to throw. And by the way, Kyler Murray can throw a football. Okay? We've seen this multiple times. He's accurate, can throw a deep ball, can run out, but you can't rely so heavily up on his speed all the time. That's the one thing about uh, mobile quarterbacks. I do love watching mobile quarterbacks. I really do because they open up and create space. But when you are running for your life majority of the time, that's one that's really going to wear you out. We've seen that with a bunch of quarterbacks already. And this is one that I just, I love Kyler Murray. And the last thing I want to see happen is I just, you know, I just like, that's the last thing I want to see happen to Kyler Murray is he gets hurt. He gets hurt for, you know, terrible reasons. That's one that I'm just like, I am not completely prepared for, but I do think the Arizona Cardinals are in fact a playoff team. Do not get me wrong. But at the same time, there are, Competitive teams within their division, and there's competitive teams, uh, you know, outside of their division, but within the conference. You could point them out very, very quickly, but this is where Arizona really needs to get serious, and they really need to start fixing their problems. Time now for the hot press. All right, so we've had obviously the Dak Prescott news that we ended up. Um, we ended up announcing here just earlier up on the show with the four years, $164 million contract. Um, by the way, so reports now, which has actually been a huge one, but the Tennessee Titans actually, um, they ended up shopping their guard, Isaiah, their tackle, Isaiah Wilson, the first round pick to the Miami Dolphins. So the Titans are sending their uh, – they will also send a seventh-round pick in the 2022 draft and Wilson to Miami for a seventh-rounder to complete the deal. So how about that? So Isaiah Wilson, and for those that don't know, I mean, he, he's a big kid. He's a big boy, big tackle out of Georgia. Um, now, of course, the Titans did sign into a four-year, $11.6 million contract back in August. Um, didn't really get to a good start, and now he's moved on. Now he's moved into a different scenery here uh, with the Miami Dolphins. And I, I think Isaiah Wilson, he's a good kid. I think he's going to have a lot of potential. But this is what's this is what's kind of crazy to me because an, a team 
like the Titans, which we knew they were going to lose. They, they, they were going to have a hit with losing Jack Conlon for one going to Cleveland. But at the same time, um, they needed to protect their quarterback. And Ryan Tannehill, since he came into Tennessee, he's been a completely different quarterback. But this is interesting that they move last year's pick just out of town, goes to Miami. Now, I think he'll have a better opportunity with the Miami Dolphins because of the way uh, that the Dolphins are setting themselves up for because they're trying to get at least as much protection as possible. And we don't even know who their starting quarterback is yet because we don't even know if they're sold on Tua. There have been a lot of question marks about Tua so I don't know if they are completely sold on him or if they're going to sell their chips in and go and get Sean Watson. But that'll be an interesting topic for the next couple of you know for the next couple of weeks, so maybe for the next couple of days. But at the same time, Miami's upgrading themselves with an offensive line, and I'm sure Isaiah Wilson will have a bounce back year. I mean, look, it's a rookie year; he's just getting into the league, so. He'll have at least a better personnel, and I think the Miami Dolphins will have something special with this one. So uh, still remaining in the NFL. So um, Marcus May, safety of the New York Jets. So the Jets ended up giving him a franchise tag uh, here for this one. So Marcus May, of course, who is uh, who will turn 20, uh, 28 tomorrow, by the way. So happy early birthday for Marcus May. Um, So, of course, the early birthday present is getting franchise tagged by the New York Jets. So he was he was poised to be an unrestricted free agent for the first time and is the first Jets player since defensive end Muhammad Wilkerson in 2016 to get uh, the designation. So the estimate on that franchise tag for May is going to be ten and a half. Um, So. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if they can decide on a long term deal or not. Now, I do like Marcus May. I thought he was a really interesting kid. I think he was very impactful when it came to the secondaries for the Jets. Because let's be honest, the second that uh, Jamal Adams was gone in that trade to Seattle, um, the Jets have been needing new fuel. They've been needing new juice. The defense needed to get better and better. Now, I do, however, love the defensive front line for the Jets. It's one that I think that they could really build off of. But at the same time, the secondaries, I think, need at least a little bit of help. So I feel like having the franchise tag is smart. Um, at the same time, they're going to get at least get more pieces. They're going to need an offensive line. They are very much going to need at least a secondary wide receiver next to Denzel Mims. Um, now, the question is... The real question is, is Sam Darnold staying? Because, again, there are a lot more rumor buzzes about the Jets and what they're going to end up doing with it. Now, they are the number two pick in this year's draft, so a lot can change by that. But I think this is interesting. But I'd really, really like to see exactly how that this will match up for them. Uh, But I thought this was smart. So... Marcus May staying put with the Jets, and I do think this is smart for the Jets organization. So good for him and good for the organization. They'll save at least a little bit of money, and we'll see exactly now what the next move will be 
in the next couple of weeks. So um, left-hander David Price, who is with the Los Angeles Dodgers, um, and by the way, did not end up playing an entire full season. He was just watching from the seats in 2020, which, of course, during the pandemic hit and the shortened season for the Dodgers, ended up making it known that he is open to play any role in 2021, whatever makes us better. So uh, David Price did, in fact, have an interview where he reached, where um, they reached out and gotten the message here. Uh, Price said he'll take on any role, said whatever makes the 2021 Dodgers better, quote unquote, I'm all in for it. So David Price, of course, who is very much excited getting back onto the field after just, you know, taking time off, spending time with family and such, which is smart, you know, and this will be interesting to see how the Dodgers do because this rotation is stacked. Walker Bueller, uh, Trevor Bauer, Clayton Kershaw, David Price. I mean, this rotation's loaded. And Trevor May or um, Dustin May. And you have a bunch of other arms that are on there, Tony Gonzalez and Julio Urias. But I like how everything is really just kind of stacked up for their rotation. But it will be fun to see what will happen for the Dodgers moving forward. But David Price, of course, he's looking to get back up onto the field. He's looking to contribute in any way possible. So... It's exciting stuff for the Dodgers, but at least he's very optimistic about his role. So whatever helps the team, he's, he's all in for it. So he's already put his chips in. So he'll do whatever it takes to make that all happen. So um, by the way, we also else uh, have uh, reports finally uh, from the Washington football team. So of course the big named uh, guard, uh, Brandon Scherf, he's now been placed the franchise tag for the second consecutive year, and this actually just happened just a few, uh, just a few, uh, actually just an hour ago. How about that? Just an hour ago, I just get this one here. So good thing it came up on my plate. So Brandon Scherf, who was uh, looking to be one of the big time <clears throat> free agent targets as far as the offensive line goes, Scherf will be uh, tagged eighteen million. For this next up and coming season, it's a 20% increase in the over the last season, but Washington still hopes to sign him to a long-term deal and they have until July 15th to do so. So Brandon Scherf, who just turned 20, who had turned 29 in December, played on the franchise tag last season at 15 and was also named as a first team all pro since punter Matt Turk in 96. And he's made it to four Pro Bowls, including the past two. So Brandon Scherf, of course, going to be back with the Washington football team on an $18 million franchise tag, which means he's completely up off the board. And it's it, you know it's unfortunate for some teams because they're looking for an offensive line, at least a healthy one from the interior offense. But I feel like that this is kind of something special for the Washington football team. Now, again, they're going to need at least a quarterback because after releasing Alex Smith, saved up some cap space, but at the same time, they're th th this is what really needs to change for this team. So who knows exactly what the uh, what the Washington football team really has next in place, but it'll be exciting to see. But so Brandon Scherf ain't going nowhere. He's going to be staying with the Washington football team for the remainder of the tenure. But um, yeah, 
it'll be interesting. So there you have it with the hot press. Coming up next, because I think right, you know, I I I I I'm kind of optimistic right now with as far as um you know what particulars that you know certain teams need. Because right now, after seeing the contract with Dak Prescott, and this is what's going to be the difficult part for some teams, because the cap. The cap is going to be very difficult, but it's going to be very challenging. And certain teams right now, because we did hear the reports also that the Seattle Seahawks are releasing Carlos Dunlap, trying to save up more cap space. I don't know what's, you know what, what certain teams, because a lot of them, it's not going to be a complete rippling effect, but some teams are going to end up getting hit with this cap. With, you know, with this cap. And, and again, we did go through a pandemic last year, and it'll be interesting to see with all that and how that all kind of comes and goes around. But um, but let's just see. Let's just see with all these teams for next year and what they will do on the caps. So um, for my best for last, I will definitely um, have at least kind of just a... Um, because every all 32 teams in, in this league, they all have a need. They all have a want. So I'm going to break down at least a bunch of the needs that teams that these teams do need. So it's going to be fun, but this is also something that these organizations really, really have to think about because there are some teams that they're talking about quarterbacks. They're talking about all the, I'll tell you from my perspective, if I was one of these organizations and what I truly need, um, I'll break it down for you. And that'll be uh, coming up next. So um, if you guys haven't checked it out already, by the way, I am going to be having a giveaway started as well by the time because next week is actually birthday week for me. Um, I'm going to be having a giveaway here at the Snake Sports Talk Show. Um, you guys need to stay tuned in that for hopefully either tomorrow or on Wednesday. So I will um, definitely get you guys up to date with that. But however, um, you guys are looking for merchandise and you guys are looking to rep the network and rep the show as well. Go online to spotlightsportsnetwork.com or go online to spreadshirt.com and uh, look it up on the shop and on the merchandise section for the Spotlight Sports Network. And you guys can rep the network. You guys can rep all of your favorite shows on the network. There is so much to choose from and we have a lot of varieties. Hats, t-shirts, hoodies, so much more, even coffee mugs and even accessories um, for your smartphones and for so much more. Definitely get involved and rep the Spotlight Sports Network and also rep for your favorite shows, including this one, the Snake Sports Talk Show on the SpotlightSportsNetwork.com.
Once a raider, bruh, always a raider, bruh Shit, simple as that, you look silver and black Lot of bread invested in that old line Car insurance cost the arm and the leg to reach that gold line Alrighty, folks. Well, first and foremost, I really do want to thank every single one of you guys for being here with me tonight. And of course, um, definitely supporting the network and supporting the show as a whole as well. We I've been looking up at the uh, the numbers lately with as far as the subscribers, the uh, likes and follows and so much more. And I've been very impressed. I have been very blessed with as far as how many of the fans like yourselves and um, have supported so much. And I really do appreciate you guys without your guys's helps. Um, this would not have been possible, but I really do appreciate your guys' support on a daily because it definitely means a lot to myself. And of course, to others here on the spotlight sports network, all of our good colleagues here. Um, and we say, continue to show your added support. We really do. Um, there's a lot of different changes that are coming up. And of course, like I said, I will have a post on it tonight because of the fact that we signed the deal with media, which is one of the uh, media companies where you can be a personal PR at the palm of your hand. I explained it. Media, M-E-E-D-I-A is the name. And you can download it on your smartphone uh, through the Google Play and the App Store and be your own personal PR when you guys have breaking news on everything sports. It's great. I will be a part of that. And I'd love to welcome them in, especially even as a sponsor. We thank them so much for this opportunity. We cannot wait to get things started with them. So it's new, exciting changes here. Um, and of course, additional upgrades for the network as well. So we really do appreciate that. We appreciate everybody and all the representatives of media. This is a grand opportunity and can't wait to get started. So uh, my best for last here on this one and these are all the 32 teams because of course we're coming into this draft and we're coming into free agency there is a lot of needs and wants and what's going to be interesting and one uh one of a uh, um my good uh one of my good fans here bl mentioned it to me on the cap it's less than 200 in at least three years so <clears throat> of course the cap hit's going to be taking an interesting change we know that since the pandemic hit because of financials so it might be at least a little bit money grip tight, but at the same time, it's not lost. There's still opportunities and there are still um, stuff that needs to happen. So, uh, all right, well, without further ado, because we've got our best for last, we're going to be going through all 32 teams' needs and wants, and I'm going to be basically the general manager of all these teams and figuring out what exactly do I want? What is a need that needs to happen for this team in order for them to get better? So here we go. All right. So the San Francisco 49ers is one team that's very interesting. Now, I think the one position that is very, very primary to me is corner. They're going to be without Richard Sherman. He is a free agent out there, but the, they need some corners help. Um, I do like Jimmy Ward, but I think at the same time, since injuries has not really been the same, 
they do have some good pieces, but I think if they upgrade themselves something, whether it's in free agency or in the draft, get somebody that's a little bit more high motor because listen, Sherman's a really good player. He's a really good veteran, but as far as the longevity is concerned, that's one that happens with a lot of, with a lot of players. They often, as years go by, things change. So I think if the San Francisco 49ers can go and get themselves a really good top end corner, and if they go and get themselves, uh, maybe a, I'm not sure if it's, if it's really a big name, but somebody that I think could really fit in and mesh with this defensive system. Because remember, this is one without Robert Sella. So they're going to have to make this thing work one way or the other. But if you had to ask me, what is one position that is important to me? It's definitely cornerback. Okay, so the Chicago Bears, I mean, they've got a list of needs and wants because right now, I mean, the biggest one, I, I think to me that the Bears need to end up getting and they also need to follow up with this, but I do think the Bears are going to end up getting a quarterback. Let me be honest with you. Mitchell Trubisky, everybody is seeing this right now as a reach pick. I mean, they traded all the way up to number two in that draft, you know, butchering Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, and a bunch of these other quarterbacks in that class for a kid that only had, you know, one year in its senior year in North Carolina. And that was it. Um, I felt like it was a reaching, it's a reaching uh, butchered pick and it's one that they really need to fix up. And Nick Foles, honestly, again and again, is not the answer to this organization. Then of course, you know, the follow-up is they're going to need a, a better offensive line. They need an offensive line to protect their franchise quarterback and to at least keep the longevity. But if you ask me, I truly do think that the quarterback position is one that really needs to happen. So uh, Bears, I definitely go quarterback. This is a no-brainer to me. The Cincinnati Bengals need an offensive line. Listen, Joe Burrow can play in this league. Joe Burrow is capable of playing in this league. Offensive line is, I mean, that's without a doubt. There is no second guesses with this. They have got to protect Joe Burrow at all costs. You cannot end up having him suffer another injury like that again. If you want this team to start winning games, think about the division that they're in in the North. I mean, Pittsburgh, they got a defense. Cleveland's got a defense. Um, ex you know, and, and they need to fix up the secondaries. And uh, Baltimore's got a defense. So you've got defense all in your face. And even though the Joe Burrow can... He's very accurate. He can execute. They need to give him extra time in that pocket to throw. He's a pocket passer, a guy that also can be mobile at times, but you need to get him some help. Offensive line, that's a no-brainer for me. So uh, the Buffalo Bills, this is interesting to me because there are a bunch of needs and wants. Now, of course, the linebacking position is kind of questionable for me because they did, in fact, get themselves A.J. Epinesa, uh, Edge Rush. They still do have some really, really good names out there. But if you had to ask me what, what, what is one that is a huge need, it's got to be running back. I'll be honest with you. They need to get themselves a running back. I do like um, Devin Singletary, but at the same time, outside of that, Zach Moss was hurt. There's not really depth for Buffalo. There's not a whole lot of depth for them. Now, they can go and get themselves exactly their needs and wants at least a little later on in the draft, but 
I just feel like they need to get the best running back that's out there to to at least stabilize the depth. That way, then it's going to help a lot of those guys. So if one or the other gets injured, then at least they do have somebody to pick them up. Because listen, it's worked. It's worked for the bunch of teams. The Chargers have done this. The, the, the Buccaneers have done this. Even the Packers have done this. A lot of these teams have done this before. They go and get themselves at least the running back stabilizes their depth. And so if one or the other gets hurt, then at least the next one is going to step into the role. So Buffalo needed, needs at least an efficient run game. We've noticed this. They cannot overly rely on Josh Allen so long. So if they go and get themselves a stable run game, I think that'll be good um, for this team. The Denver Broncos, what else can I really say about this? Because to me, I, me, myself, I already know if I'm them, I need to get a quarterback. But I feel like that they may address something because, you know, Deshaun Watson's name is still lurking up out there. Um, but I think for me, for the, you know, for the Denver Broncos, they don't need an edge rush. Okay. They got Bradley Chubb. They do have at least a number of teams. They, they have a number of players, you know, and then, I just feel like what the Bron because the Broncos I think need yeah I I feel like I'm gonna lean more on quarterback because right now they're not sold on Drew Locke at all Drew Locke is just he's the fourth best quarterback in that division amongst Justin Herbert Derek Carr and Patrick Mahomes so you really want to compete in this in this you know in this division you need to have a better quarterback and right now Drew Locke's just not doing it for me he's way too casual and. He's a guy that I, you know, he'll he'll throw picks before he even, you know, before he even gets himself going. So that's just one that I'm like, there's a concerning factor there with Drew Locke. Um, but again, they go and get the quarterback. They can figure out at least the rest of the defense because they did, in fact, franchise tag Justin Simmons. And um, they will may need they will need some corner help, but at the same time. I just feel like that and linebackers is going to be the the real important ones. Quarterback and linebackers for the uh, the Broncos. Cleveland needs corners. I think everybody is is set. They're stacked. They don't need at least a, an edge rusher because they've got Miles Garrett and they do have Olivier Vernon. They do have some really good names as far as the pass rush goes. Um, wide receivers, they can tr listen. This is a time right now to trade away OBJ, to be honest, okay? OBJ needs to, they, they need to move off of him. It's not working for Cleveland. It's not. It's pressurizing Baker Mayfield way too much. And you saw this when OBJ was hurt. He was so efficient. He played like himself. There is no pressures on his shoulders. So I think to me, they need corners help because if there's anything we've learned from Cleveland last year, their corners got burnt, and it's bad. Now, they are going to get at least a couple guys back, Grant Delpit, and they'll have at least a um, a couple of real good players. Um, But this, you know, the corners, need to, they need to get fixed up. They need to clean this up because they need to be shut down. And think about it. In the AFC, where you've got a bunch of passers who can throw to their, their wide receivers, you cannot allow them to be open. You got to be toe to toe with them in the same speed and the same coverage. So I think corners will really help the Cleveland Browns. That's a big need for me. 
honestly, to me, what really does the Buc- the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really need? Um, it just feels like they got everybody. Now there are some, uh, you know, some free agents off their roster, which will be interesting to see how they address that because there are some teams that have, you know, there, there are some teams that have inquired about their players. Um, but at the same time, these players have been very optimistic with their stay in Tampa. I mean, we see this with Chris Godwin and a couple of others. But I do think the interior D line is one that's going to be an interesting help because there are some guys that are kind of getting up there as far as the age range. But I think if they go and they fix that help, but to me, it's just like, it's kind of minor to me because the Tampa Bay is just got this so loaded. They don't really need so much. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals certainly do need a corner in this one because I, I have seen this a couple times with, you know, in, in their defense. Now, Isaiah Simmons, he's going to end up having a much bigger and better year knowing you've got J.J. Watt, a capable uh, veteran there on the same field at the same positions. I think it'll be interesting to see. Now, I do think the corners is a help because I'm not sure what the what the deal is with Patrick Peterson, but if you can get somebody there that meshes well with Buda Baker, I think Arizona, they'll have at least a much better defense. But if you really ask me, offensive line is the key. Offensive line has got to be... I can't even believe it's not even on this list. I am very shocked because I'm looking up at this list right now and I'm like picking this. Offensive line is not even in this in this list, and I'm very like I'm appalled. So I just like, what the hell? So offensive line to me is a huge, huge need. Want everything. You got to protect Kyler Murray all that you can. Otherwise, you're not going to end up winning games from there. Now, defense, of course, does win those crucial games, but offensive line protects your franchise quarterback. So I do think that the offensive line is one that needs to happen for all the Arizona Cardinals. So uh, the, the LA chargers, I know for a fact exactly what their needs and wants are, but I definitely do think the offensive line is a huge need, especially the interior uh, rumored reports. Of course, they mentioned Trey Turner. They are currently shopping him right now. To go in and getting spots, and I and and don't count out. They are still at least inquiring about Orlando Brown in Baltimore about a potential trade, getting a tackle, but they are going to need to fix up that interior offensive line because that was the one big crucial thing for the Chargers last season with Justin Herbert. He was still able to make those throws, but they kept busting through on the interior side of that line. So if the Chargers go and do that, um, that'll help them. Very, very much. So I think the Chargers' biggest, their biggest needs is interior offensive line. No question. So the Kansas City Chiefs, what did we learn from la- from this past year's Super Bowl? Well, it turns out their defense, not as strong as a lot of people thought they would be. But I think if you ask me, because the two positions that I'll toss up is definitely linebackers and corners. Um, to me, when we watched this with the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, they just got beat everywhere. And Bashad Breeland, 
He wasn't exactly playing at his best. Tyron Matthew was in his own head. Um, but I think if they go and get themselves a linebacker in a corner, that could solidify their positions, really be more shut down. But remember, you're also talking about you know the financial hit as well because paying a lot of money for Patrick Mahomes and a lot of those impactful players like Kelsey and Hill and Chris Jones, that's going to take a toll. And that's one that Kansas City, they're eventually going to need to look at and they're going to need to get this right. The Colts, to me, I feel like their biggest upgrade has got to be wide receiver. I don't really see too much of a problem with the offensive line right now because of the fact of Quentin Nelson is still uh, consistent. But at the same time, they are going to need at least another piece because Anthony Costanzo has retired and they're going to need to fix that position. Now they are going to get, I, I mean, Chris Ballard's smart for this because, you know, especially with his money, money, manage, money managing skills and what he's seen through this team throughout the course of the year, he's going to make this happen. He's going to go and get himself at least an offensive line to protecting um, Carson Wentz. And at the same time, if you go and get another wide receiver there for uh, Michael Pittman Jr. and at least help with the longevity and get at least another weapon for Wentz, that will be fun. So I do think wide receiver is a big position for the Colts moving forward. So the Dallas Cowboys, as I mentioned before, they need corners. They need secondaries because you can't expect to be sh all shut down and overpaying these guys like, uh, you know, your, your pass rushes and your linebackers and all this other stuff. If you ain't got a shut down secondary. Um, that's one that is a huge need for me. If I'm the Dallas Cowboys and I need to have a shutdown corner, I'm definitely getting them because again, Byron Jones was the only best out of the Cowboys franchise at that time. And the second that he left, they had not looked the same. So it's one that they really need to address themselves. Now, even if they go and get an edge rusher, because remember they also let go of Robert Quinn, the sacks leader at one point, And it, you know, again, it's really taking a toll for for Dallas, but corners is a big one. I think maybe a, as a toss-up secondary would probably be the offensive line and edge. So Miami Dolphins, let's be honest. So since Isaiah Wilson got traded to Miami, I feel like offensive line might potentially be off the board. Maybe they'll go and get somebody late in the round, but if if the Dolphins... I think wide receiver is a big need because I can't think of any other wide receiver outside of Devontae Parker that's really efficient enough for the Miami, for the Dolphins. Now, they do have Mike Gusecki, but again, Gusecki is a, is a blocking and he's also a real good receiver tight end. One that I think at some point, I mean, he's top 10 right now in this league, but could very much move up to top five in the tight ends list. Um, depending on what next year is going to look like, but the Miami Dolphins, they go and get themselves a wide receiver. I mean, that'll, that'll be very, very interesting. And I think it'll be very impactful. Now, who knows who their quarterback is going to be, whether it's Tua, whether it's, you know, D Deshaun Watson, whoever it may be, but I'd like to see. I'd really, really like to see. What's going on, Hammer? Shout out to Jeff Hammond, a.k.a. Hammer of Hammer's House, man. What's going on? <laughs> uh, 
Oh Lord, the Philadelphia Eagles. They need literally. I feel like they need therapy. They, they, the, the front office seriously needs therapy. Can I, can, can I just apply for Howie Roseman's job? Because right now I'm like, I, I th- this is a mess. You know what I'm looking at of this list? Wide receiver, tight end, qu- quarterback, and corner. Quarterback is on your list. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I really wish I had an answer for this, but. How is it that I'm not seeing linebacker in this list? I, I really, really don't. <laughs> I don't understand this, but if I looked at a need and a want, if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles, get me a wide receiver for God's sakes. Go and get Jamar Chase. Go and get Devontae Smith. I don't care. Go and get them because they don't need a quarterback. You've already made this known. you Butcher, you, you butchered the Carson Wentz thing. Um, and then he goes and gets traded for literally nothing. Okay, you butchered your star quarterback. The, the head coach gets fired. And it's just like, this is a complete and utter disaster. And at the same time, they really haven't gotten, like, they haven't got their, they haven't got their stuff straight. They really don't. And what's worse they butchered on these wide receivers. They don't even go and get Devontae Adams. They don't even get um, Justin Jefferson. So they cannot make the same mistake at least three, if not four times in a row. They cannot. Because if that's the case, that's that, you know that, that might be the end of Howie Roseman right there. But I'd say they need to get a wide receiver. Devontae Smith or Jabbar Chase. Quit fooling around because I even ended up seeing this and talking about like somebody mentioned about Jalen Waddle. No, 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 no. Please, dear God, no. I don't see Jalen Waddle really being a big impactful player. Okay. I feel like it's either a, a Henry Ruggs deal or what not. I no, no. I would not even sell my sell my chips on that. I think for me, the Atlanta Falcons, what's interesting about this, because again, this could, this could very much go either, or this could go in every, like any way possible. But uh, to me, my reservation is quarterback only because you still are having at least a couple years of Matt Ryan. And I'd like to at least get one out of the draft that could learn from him in the next couple of years before or he ends up going and taking the quarterback role when it's all said and done. Um, the other part of it, I think what's huge is I, I, I just truly really think that the linebacking position is one that really needs to be addressed. But at the same time, the corners need help. So, you know, the Atlanta Falcons, they got a lot to think about within the future, but if, if if I had to look at it, linebackers is definitely one that I'm thinking of because I don't even think they've had, you know, especially with, you know, outside of Deion Jones, they need to have at least another linebacker that's there so that they can utilize a lot more of those strengths and abilities. So, um, and at the same time, I feel like getting a corner now quarterback is kind of the toss up on there. So even if they go and get a quarterback, it will be interesting to see. New York Giants definitely need to get themselves a wide receiver. 
I just see this happening right now because Sterling Shepard's hurt. Um, Golden Tate has been released. They are going to need to get themselves a wide receiver for sure. And they'll need a weapon for Daniel Jones. Now, I've been hearing rumors about this with Evan Ingram. It's interesting um, that you know Evan Ingram could potentially be up on the trading blocks. Now, they could look at a tight end. So... Anything anything is really possible up to this point if you're the New York Giants, but I feel like wide receiver is the biggest need for them because they're going to need a playmaker for Daniel Jones. They've already got a runner in Saquon Barkley, and they do have some real good runners. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that happens for the Giants, but I think wide receiver is a big need. If I had to think of a toss-up, if something happens with Evan Ingram, I'd feel like go and get a tight end. No brainer here. The Jacksonville Jaguars need juice and now having Urban Meyer there as a head coach quarterback is, is clearly the biggest one. And we already know as far as um, we already know this as far as what it's concerned. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy uh, because you're not going to pass. You're not going to pass up on a transformative talent like that, a generational talent that's really impactful. So uh, I really do think that the Jaguars, they're going to go quarterback. Now, here's the fun thing with the Jets, because they have several options. They have several options in front of them. But if you needed to ask me about this, because the toss-up to me is quarterback. That's a toss-up thing. But if I had to look at what they really, really need, running back is huge. I feel like running back is a huge thing. So listen, they could go and get Zach Wilson at the number two spot because, of course, there's been a lot of rant and raves with him uh, over Justin Fields. I don't want to get into the uh, you know the argument with as far as uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, better than Trevor Lawrence thing. I feel like that's crazy. That's crazy talk. But the Jets, however, they could go and get the running back from Clemson, Travis Etienne, because I've said this before. I feel like Travis Etienne is another up-and-coming Alvin Kamara. It's, he's, he's strong on the lower half. He's a guy that can run. They need an efficient run game. They didn't even have one last year. And I feel like having Travis Etienne there is one that's really going to boost them up very well. Yeah, the Detroit Lions, my only biggest concern with them is definitely offensive line. Because they need to have at least a healthier offensive line of protecting now their next quarterback, Jared Goff, at this point, after trading away Matthew Stafford. And Stafford dealt with this for 12 years. But at the same time, they're going to need wide receiver help. They're going to need corners. They're going to they're literally going to need everything. Because this organization right now has just been a complete mess for years. But the offensive line is probably is one of the most important pieces for the Detroit Lions moving forward. That's no doubt. Green Bay Packers, wide receiver, please. I think it's time. You know, wide receiver is a huge help from is a huge need for me. You know, and 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 I, you know, because at this point you owe it to Aaron Rodgers to go and getting him a secondary wide receiver next to Devontae Adams. And if you can't do that, that's going to be interesting to see 
what the Packers will do moving forward. Now, they did at least get their, their running back straight. Now, they may not be able to afford Aaron Jones, but they do have A.J. Dillon, and I think he's a really good kid. I think he's one that's going to be impactful for next season, but go and get a wide receiver, please. If you really want to end up keeping Aaron Rodgers around because he loves this system, you're going to go and get him a secondary wide receiver to keep Devontae Adams on the field. Okay, the report from me for the Carolina Panthers, because a lot of them have been talking about quarterback. Um, it doesn't seem like that they are sold on Teddy Bridgewater at all, even with that five-year contract. Maybe they go and get themselves a quarterback because at this point, you know, and, and there have been reports that Deshaun Watson, they may want to, you know, have a welcome home for him because of the fact that he went to Clemson, but they want to get rid of Christian McCaffrey to, to make that happen. I don't know about that, but I think for the Carolina Panthers, because they will need at least a better offensive line. The other part of it is I feel like they need to have an efficient tight end. I, I don't think they really do have a good tight end, at least with Matt rule system. So the Carolina Panthers, I do feel like will need a quarterback. They're going to need a playmaker because it just doesn't seem like that they are set and sold on Teddy Bridgewater at all. Um, now, they, they've got loads of wide receivers. That's not their problem. They're going to need somebody that's a playmaker that can make that happen. But I feel like quarterback toss-ups will definitely be tight ends and offensive lines. Corners, I think they can definitely figure that out later on. The New England Patriots, for me, it's got to be a, it has to be quarterback. I'm looking at this list, and they need tight ends, wide receivers, interior defensive line, and linebackers. Quarterback, how can you really make this team much, much better if you don't really have a playmaker? Because New England is kind of in this position where they really need to set themselves up for a playmaker because next year's draft is not, there's not going to be any playmakers at quarterbacks. There's not. So it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. So they need to get themselves one. Now, even if they go and get themselves, like if they go and get, you know, a big time tight end, because that was their problem. Now, offensive line has never been their problem because they always do have real good offensive linemen. But as far as interior D line, linebackers is a big one. And at the same time, a tight end is one that they really, really need. They need that extra. They need that extra help with as far as blocking and uh, being a receiver type. But it's very rare. Um, wide receivers, I think, could be a huge help. But they have butchered that so much in the draft. I feel like they're going to end up looking at uh, getting a wide receiver in free agency. This is interesting, and I don't know if Darian is still on the chats, but what exactly do the Raiders need? Because right now this list says edge, interior D-line, interior offensive line, and they need a linebacker. Linebackers was kind of disappointing for me last year when I looked at this, but what was a huge disappointment was the corners. They really need to fix this up um, because, listen, I do like Jonathan Abram. I think he's a hard hitter. 
but he needs to adjust his play style. And hopefully Damon Arnett, he could be that shutdown corner that we saw in tapes at Ohio State. Um, but one that I think that the Raiders really need to fix up the entire defense from there. But the corners is one that needs to work because you're talking about a division with quarterbacks and with wide receivers. And if you ain't got the corners that are getting, they're just getting burnt. They are not staying up. It's big. That is big. So I think that the Raiders need to address a corner. Um, if I had to look at a secondary, it's definitely the linebacking position that needs to be addressed. Edge rushers. I mean, you do have Max Crosby. I feel like Carl Nassib will have a better year next year. Now, it will determine how um, Cleveland Farrell really plays out, but I could always get an edge rusher later on. Corner is a big help for me if I'm the Raiders. The LA Rams, for me, I feel like their big need is offensive line. Because eventually this line is not going to stay that long. It's going to be outdated. They need to refresh. Andrew Whitworth is a long-time ten long tenured offensive lineman. Once he's gone, once he's back, like once he's, you know, he's done, they're going to need to fix that position. So they go and get themselves an offensive lineman, maybe a tackle or so to at least prepare for that when that time comes up, because the Rams need to be smart and efficient for this. So I, I offensive line for me is big. Uh, as far as edge rushers go, no way. I don't think they'll really need the edge rusher. I think they may need a linebacker, but offensive line is a big time help if I'm the LA Rams. The Baltimore Ravens is definitely wide receiver. There is no doubt about that. They need an over-the-top wide receiver. I don't need, sorry to say for you know for Hollywood Brown because he's a really good player, but they don't need a Smurf wide receiver. Please, for the love of God, they do not need one. They need one that's got the length, the size, and one that's willing to go over the top on some of those plays. You see this with a lot of teams that do have over-the-top wide receivers. You got to have somebody with length. You got to have someone with reach. They don't have that. The Ravens are kind of in trouble. And I do love Lamar Jackson. And I do think that if he gets an over-the-top receiver, that's going to help improve his game style. It's going to improve his game. So the Ravens, they need to be smart about this. Go and get the over-the-top wide receivers. That's what needs to happen. So um, no hesitation at all. So the New Orleans Saints, uh, I mean, to me, it, this is going to be an interesting offseason for the Saints as a whole. Uh, if I had to think about what their biggest needs are, because right now they are just dealing with that cap hit and it's not looking good for them. Um, I would say to like toss up his quarterback because of the fact of I don't know if I really truly like trust Jameis Winston um, now it could be a different scenery. It could be a different fix for him, but we'll see. We'll see what, what that looks like for them, for the saints. But I feel like to me, like edge rusher is a big thing. 
They had some, I mean, outside of Cameron Jordan, they had some, but they did not play consistently. So I think if they go and get an edge rusher, they need to be, have the ability to get to the quarterback. They really need to make this, this thing happen. So again, this is going to be an interesting off season for the saints, but I'd like to see how this works out for them. But edge rusher big time. So after what we saw in the playoffs for the Seattle Seahawks, Get Russ an offensive line, please. Outside of Max Unger and Russell Okung at that time, when they moved on, it has not been the same offensive line, and it's really started to show. And Russ is making that known. He's making that vocal. He clearly doesn't want to leave Seattle, people. Okay, let's just get that. Let's just get that nonsense out of our heads. He's not going to end up leaving Seattle. They'd be dumb if they do that. Because at the end of it, you could have had a sheer, like a sure shot of going further in the playoffs if you wanted to. Because Russ is smart enough; he stayed healthy long enough that he can make plays. He could, he's a game changer. Go and get an offensive line. You owe it to him. Just like you know, with with the Packers, where their biggest need is wide receiver, because you owe it to Aaron Rodgers. Offensive line, because you owe it to Russell Wilson, and you need to end up solidifying that contract he has. If there's a toss-up that I really think needs to happen, it's definitely either edge rusher or it's wide receiver because DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who else really do I have? Um, I do like more, but I do think it's kind of streaky. You know, it's interesting. But edge rusher, they don't even have one that gets to the quarterback. It was kind of sad and disappointing, but... They need to fix that up, but offensive line is a must. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're finally starting to see it now. They need a run game. They seriously need a run game. This thing, after Lavian Bell left, it has not worked out for the span. It really hasn't. I like James Conner, I'll be honest with you, but he's not the answer. Okay, and... The Steelers' run game has not been efficient. They haven't ran for more than four yards per play, and it's really started to show. And the Steelers, because they're so big, Ben over-reliant, there's no run game. So they need to get themselves a running back. That's a big-time must. If Pittsburgh's offense still continues to be impactful, if that's the, if that's the case, go and get a run game and still stay efficient in the run. The Houston Texans, of course, as we mentioned, the one position that they've always butchered uh, after they got Laramie Tunsil, they still need an offensive line. They are not helping Deshaun Watson's case. Now they need a lot more than that. They're going to need wide receivers. They're going to need, you know, an edge rusher. They're going to need corners. So, but the biggest one for me is definitely offensive line. I have got to protect my quarterback. I owe it to him. And it's unfortunate because of how this franchise has been ran for Houston, but this has been bad. This has been really, really bad in the course and then the span in the last couple of years, but the Texans have done that to themselves. They shot themselves in the foot, and this is exactly what they have. This is the price they have to pay. There is no exceptions, no excuses. Get an offensive line because that is where you're going to start to build the rest of it from there. 
The Tennessee Titans, for me, need an edge rusher. I, I mean, this was kind of sad. After Jarrell Casey and a couple of others left, there was no pass rush, and this was bad for Tennessee. Now, Tennessee still managed to be competitive, but for how long will they be? They don't have a pass rusher that can get to the quarterback, that can you know create pressures and whatnot. That's kind of hard. So if I'm Tennessee right now, you know, edge rusher is a big must. Offensive line down the stretch, they'll still be good. I think they'll still have at least their opportunities and their chances, but it will be interesting. But edge rush, even interior D line, that's one that needs help and even corners because you need to get um, Kevin Biard some help in the secondary. And that's where I think the Tennessee Titans, that's their biggest needs. Uh, edge rush is one big position they need to go get. The Minnesota Vikings need at least an entire, you know, they, they need an entirety of the defense right now. They need to help. Interior defensive line is a big need. Everson Griffin and uh, Linval Joseph, the second they left, they did not have anybody that was con uh, consistent on that D line and has really started to show for them. And even though Minnesota, the next thing that needs to happen is the offensive line, but the interior D line has not been good. It has not been great um, because it hasn't really allowed edge rushers, even like Daniel Hunter, to really kind of be, you know, the, the big impactful defensive player that he is. So if they go and get an interior D line, that could really help their problem, help solve their problems. And I think at the same time is also revamping and juicing up that that defense that the, the you know the, the Vikings really need. Finally, of course, the last team before we end the show is, of course, the Washington football team. What do they really need? Well, offensive line, because they franchise tag Brandon Scherf uh, again. So their their interior offensive line is actually still really good. Um, quarterback is huge for them because Alex Smith is gone. Dwayne Haskins is gone. So the only one that they're really kind of they're really kind of tossing up on is Taylor Heineke. So I think for me, for Washington, they need to go and get themselves a quarterback for sure because they need to have at least a playmaker. This has been really, really good. As far as defensive help, I mean, Ron Rivera has really helped out this defense. So they could go and get defensive players later on in the draft. And maybe they'll go in and pick themselves up at least a wide receiver to help out with the depth. But quarterback, as far as... um quarterback, as far as that I can see it with them, they need the playmaker. And I think that the second they do, it, it, it'll help them out an awful lot. So I really do like, I do like the fact that Washington needs to go and get themselves a quarterback. They need juice. Um, so I, I think that's going to really help to help out their issue. But as far as everything else, Ron Rivera can shape this up and they can go and look at other guys, you know, later on in the draft if they need to. So there you have it. I mean, those are all of just that, you know, the team's wants and needs for me all throughout the 32. So I'll recap it from here. Niners, they need a corner. Bears need a quarterback. Uh, the Bengals need an offensive line. The Bills need a run game. 
Broncos definitely need a quarterback. The Browns need a corner. Um, I think the Buccaneers, they're going to need an interior D line, to be honest. Uh, the Cardinals need an offensive line for sure. Chargers need an offensive line. They need it. Um, the Chiefs, of course, they need either corner or linebacker. The Colts need a wide receiver. The Cowboys, they need uh, corners for sure, and they need to at some point address that offensive line. The Dolphins need a wide receiver. Eagles need a wide receiver. Uh, the Falcons, they may need at least either a linebacker or corner, uh, potentially quarterback if need be. Giants need a wide receiver. Uh, the Jags, they, they're obviously going to take a quarterback. The Jets, for me, that if Darnold stays running back, they may toss up and get a quarterback for sure. Lions need an offensive line. They need to also address their corner issues. Um, the Packers need a wide receiver. The Panthers need um, the Panthers need a quarterback. The Patriots for sure need a quarterback. And then, of course, fix the rest of it uh, later. Uh, the Raiders need a corner, uh, possibly a safety for sure. And they also need to fix that linebacking core. Uh, the Rams need an offensive line to help be efficient with uh, Matthew Stafford and Cam Akers. The Ravens need a wide receiver, at least an over-the-top one. Uh, the Saints, I believe, need a edge rusher, maybe potentially quarterback if that's the case. Um, the Seahawks need an offensive line, potentially an edge rusher. Uh, the Steelers need a run game for sure. That's no doubt. The Texans need an offensive line, and they also need to get themselves a corner. Um, the Titans need an edge rusher, at, like for like tomorrow. You know that, that that's how that is how immediate they need it. It's urgent. Um, and then they they can go and fix their corner issue. Uh, the Vikings need an offense. You know, the, the, the Vikings need um, interior D line help. They will need at least a, uh, you know, an offensive line help, maybe potentially a safety. And then, of course, finally, the Washington football team needs a quarterback. So, again, these, these are very, very like this is for sure. Like the ones that I, I, I just see from every single one of the team's performances all from last season. These are big time wants and needs. And I looked at it just from all of their, you know, the, the, just from all of their performances. I'm not kidding. These are, this is exactly what I've seen from the performances and how they looked. Um, and I, I just truly think this has been, I think this really will help out, you know, for a lot of these franchises. Don't even just take my word for it, but if you wanted somebody that is looking inside out, then you'll know exactly what their real issues are. And we've been seeing this all season long. I watch the tapes, I watch these games, you know, and I look at all of these ins and outs and what their problems are. So I think this really does help. Alrighty, guys, that's going to do it here for me uh, tonight. I hope you guys have a really good Monday and also have a good week ahead as well. And um, I will be seeing you guys tomorrow night at about the same time for seven o'clock. And of course, don't forget to check out the Turn 2 podcast with myself and Jeff Hammond, a.k.a. Hammer. Um, really do appreciate it. But, uh, yes, definitely um, 
Go and check out the podcast as well. We've already got two episodes. And, of course, our spotlighted uh, team during spring training will be the Baltimore Orioles. So you guys do not want to end up missing that. Take care. Have a good night, and we'll see you guys tomorrow.